Check this out. Oh no, all right. So these are black Jews, all right? They're stranded in the middle of Ethiopia. It's deep Stranded? Yeah, look at They got nothing. They don't got cars, they don't got And I'm watching this and I'm like, what the are these guys wearing? Look, it's on the Torah there. It's everywhere, right? Just where do these guys get precious black opals? That's what that is. The black opal. I do my research. These guys live near the whale mines, which primarily is red opals, which aren't worth Okay. Oh, okay, but these, these mm. yeah, you can't get your hands on these things, you understand? Really? So look, I say to myself, how do I get a hold of these guys? And I managed to track these guys down, I buy one from them. Holy that is, <laughs> what is that? That's right here. That's the rock. That's the rock. That's the stone. Holy I got snow. Look how this is winking. me 17 months to get this thing, Holy okay? Snow. Just look at this. Hang on for a second. Go through my look. Be careful. That's my best look. All right. I want you to look. Look at it. You really hit right to That's history right there. You understand? How many carrots is this? What? Four, five thousand carrots? Three thousand dollars a carrot? I'm not. Why's it got so many colors in it, man? What is this? That's the thing. They say you can see the whole universe in opals. That's how old they are. I've been telling you. That's why I want you to see it. Yo, that's crazy, man. From stone to stone, garnet to stone, you know that. That's a million dollar opal you're holding, straight from the Ethiopian Jewish tribe. I mean, this is old school, Middle Earth. You got a dinosaur, Jim. This man. The dinosaur, that's right. The dinosaurs there to this. the glass that's uh kg and that's uh, kevin garnett and adam sandler in uncut gems uncut gems the 2019 new movie from the safty brothers and you are listening to the 230th edition of my movie review show part of the myspace the podcast podcast feed and hi i'm jeff uh, first movie review of the new year here in 2020. I was had the pleasure of seeing this one uh, last night in New Jersey, Montgomery Theaters. Bit smaller screen than I would have uh, liked. The seats were incredibly uncomfortable. They're, and they were new, too. They were these new gray seats that you could tell that they were just installed not even too long ago. And boy, oh, boy. Uh, I thought I was, uh, on my back. I, I honestly, I sat down in one and I was like, this one's gotta be broken. So I, and the people, uh, there's like, there's only other, like six other people in the theater. Um, whenever I go to the movies now, it feels like I'm one of less than 10 people, which is weird because I, and I, I think growing up, it does seem like they're just, it, it, it would go to a, a we, you know, I guess, I, I guess when I was younger, I went to more weekend shows. More like you know they were the uh, kind of types of movies that may, maybe on like a maybe like a nine thirty on a Friday for like is the theater still get packed for like the F Fast and the Furious movies? I don't know, maybe. 
But at a, at a New Jersey at Montgomery Cinema, uh, if you're not familiar with Montgomery Cinema, it's a small strip mall cinema in New Jersey near Princeton, and uh, mostly old old white people go to it. Uh, but there was a couple. There was a there was a uh, there's two couples. One kind of my age or younger. Uh, I don't know why I'm. This is neither here nor there. Uh, I didn't. I I was gonna meet my buddy for. Um, I met my buddy. He he met me at the movie. I, I I was working and I and I had to go shopping and I didn't feel like uh, going to the bar before because I'm I'm doing this dry uary thing. I'm not drinking, so it's going actually going well. My head's feeling clearer. I'm getting out of getting rid of a cold that I had, a very vicious cold that struck me over the holidays, and now it being the seventh day of January, a Tuesday here in 2020. Doesn't that just look good when you see the numbers 2020 together? I just love it. I just look at it and I'm just like, hmm. Pretty, pretty looking thing. Uh, and then, of course, it is 12, 27, and 34 seconds p.m. Uh, why not? little lunchtime recording sesh, seshamundo here as we talk about the Sandman and the Safties collabing, collabing hard. And, I'm, and I haven't done my written review for this yet, so, and I have no notes. So a bit, a bit different than I, uh, my recent uh, way of working. I uh, figured I'd mix things up, I, and I also didn't uh, like I did for the Irishman, which I also saw in the same theater and had the had the had to drive home the hour uh, the hour drive home. Uh, I didn't do a phone recording um, for this because I didn't want to. I, I wanted to sit down and, and let the, let the movie uh, kind of uh, process in my brain overnight, and then have a little more fresh take and a little more higher. Uh, quality recording than me just talking to my phone as I was driving, which I which I do and I did yesterday with the uh, my the non movie review show on the MySpace podcast feed. Monday morning drive time hodgepodge. Every Monday uh, you can hear tune in to hear my long form ranting and raving of a lunatic as I'm stuck in traffic drive at my commute. That's usually a good hour and twenty because of my morning commutes, man. Oh boy. All right, uh, let's get into the review here. Of course, this is another A24 production. A24, of course, the darling indie indie studio. Uh, I think they're full on indie, right? They're not. Are they owned? I always they, I always do this. I get into. I get. I don't have any of this pre planned and then I want to think about something. And uh, it's independent. Are they owned by anybody else? I don't think so. I think they're just their their own. They they yeah. They're founded in 2012 at a New York, and they had they do great work. They they um honestly, you can go here. I'm on Wikipedia. List of A24 films, and you will not find too many stinkers on the in the bunch here. And there's you know they don't they don't do it. You know they they're doing more every year. They got more in their their arsenal in 2019. Holy shit! They had one, two, three, and now I'm counting how many movies A24 released. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Twenty-one films came out from their studio in the in the, in the 2019 year alone. That was a high water mark, certainly. Of of them, I have seen. Uh, under the Silver Lake, the Lighthouse, and if you're wondering, those are the, those are the only two. There's actually a few more on on here that I definitely want to see. Several more of these. I might as well see them all at some point. So many freaking movies, you know. 
But uh, it's the light, the lighthouse, and I loved Under the Silver Lake. I know that's a divisive one, but I love the lighthouse. Did I like? And I have to say, I like both of those movies better than this. But I did love this movie. I thought it was great. I will say right off the bat that it suffered from not only this, but some other other points. Uh, but the the main problem that I think it's not it's not even a problem. It's just it is just a fact of life at this point. Is my expectations for this film could not have been higher. I loved the Safdie brothers' last film. I know it's not their first film, but it's um. Uh, good time. And that's, I, I have not seen any of their other movies. I know heaven knows what was on Netflix and I was going to watch that one night and I, uh, I didn't get around. I think they didn't for some reason. Uh, that, that, and then there's a couple other full lengths before that, I think. Um, so yeah, I haven't, uh, the pleasure of being robbed. Okay, that's 71 minutes long, <laughs> 2008, these are the run times of all the Safdie Brothers movies, Daddy Long Legs, 2009, that's going to run at 97 min, it's over an hour and a half, Lenny Cook was a documentary um, about a high school basketball player, what? So that was, and that's 88 minutes, and that came out in 2013. And then you get to heaven, and heaven is what I think was their, um, the one that I think, I don't put them on the map, or but uh, it, uh, it was the bigger, the biggest one of all those. And that was 2014, and that comes in at 94 minutes. But you get to good time, and good time is a 101 minutes long. Uh, I have it ranked on my on my on my chart here at um nine point three oh nine <clears throat> and honestly I think that's probably too low uh, of a score. I think it's a classic. I think it's a cinematic treasure, and uh, it's tough. And I and I was just listening to an interview that the Safety Brothers did with Paul Thomas Anderson, and you can check that out on the A twenty four podcast because it came out. And um, it's it, it, they 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 clearly look at this project as like their as a culmination of of their life's work just to some degree up to this point. It's definitely their biggest production. They talked about how they, they, their crew size doubled basically, and the the money doubled, the stakes doubled here. Uh, not that Good Time didn't have you know Robert Pattinson obviously a movie star and uh, carried that film. And their movies are very uh, singular in terms of their how they're run through the the the, the life of a, of a single character. And to to good time to the benefit of good time. In this case, I think you had a lot of strong performances here that felt like they could have been flushed out even a little bit more. And I understand going for it, the the that that insanely focused style on the on the one character and and because it, it is sort of you know you want it, it's about this one guy and it's about the life of this one guy and you're inside his head and and it's it 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 it, it pairs well with the frantic kind of um you know i hear i see a lot of this uh anxiety is, is a word i hear i i, I see 
uh, mentioned alongside the Safety brothers a lot, and and clearly that uh, that was the case of Good Time and here, and they, they they're similar movies that they look similar and they feel similar. Daniel Lapatin on One O Tricks Point Never, uh, a great uh, experimental musician, did both scores here, uh, and they're both really great at times. And this one, I felt like it was almost uh, it, it had a bit of a um, the tonal uh, elements of some of the some of the sounds he uses here reminded me of uh, the Wendy Wendy Carlos Williams kind of uh, Clockwork Orange switched on Bach type of um, and, and it has an orchestral feel and it feels jaunty and and and, and it, 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 it's a, it's a it's a more varied score for sure than just the pound pulsing uh, good time score and it, it's a different kind of movie it's a different kind of movie in that regard in that they. Good time is 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 an assault of just a this the clock is running out on this on this guy and and this movie is similar to that but his he's his his other world his family life while a mess and hell hell because of what his uh Sandler's life Sandler's character Howard what what that what his life has become around that you still have that Whereas Good Time doesn't really have that. Good Time is just Pattinson and and, and just r- racing against the clock, and you know Sandler is definitely racing against the clock here. But but the grounded moments of uh, of the family life um, make this sort of both at the same time kind of like a lower stakes affair and also a higher stakes affair because he's got children, and you you, can, you, you know not I I've debated whether getting into spoilers here. You, you you you're not you know if there's any question about what the stakes are you know the the ending of this movie will um answer those questions and, and how it comes to pass and i have some issues with the ending we'll leave that aside uh for now i think and just um talk a little bit more about the you know how my expectations for it so i love good time love it one of my i think one of the best films of the decade in the top five films of the decade probably if i have to reassess that film again uh i keep i've watched it twice uh i i i'm always when i'm always thinking about something to watch i was like man i could just watch good time again because it's that it's that engrossing the uh the end of that movie is is just it, it, i think about it a lot just to how that movie ends and, and the the brother character and how he kind of comes uh, his his ending in that movie, and then that Iggy Pop song, which I love that Iggy Pop song that's in the end of that movie. And uh, I guess there's there's nothing like that here. So that that maybe is is part of the reason why I like that I like that movie a little bit more. But back to the expectations, the my uh, my love for the previous movie, and then then my love for Sandler, who I've said this to before, the uh, um, Punch Drunk Love might be my favorite. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I know that's a uh, controversial opinion, uh, but I love it so much. The that the it's it's like you're getting uh, the best parts of Paul Thomas Anderson, and it's just it, it, it's like an injection form. It's like you're right into you're just sucking it right into your veins with that with that how it's you know it's a, it's a short movie. It's a sh- well, I think it's one of the, if not his shortest. And a Phantom Thread didn't have it didn't have a crazy runtime either, but. Uh, not 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 that I know. I keep referencing run times. Like I, it's that's not the end all be all of of, of what why of movies I like. Uh, I I love long. I, I love. I can't wait to watch that thirteen hour movie that came out this year. Uh, La Flore. I'm a cinephile, folks. 
I, I know about these things. Um, that's why you keep tuning in, no doubt. But the subject matter of this sports sports gambling addiction. Okay, I I'm a if you 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 wouldn't know this by just uh, listening to this show or or or, uh, or any any amount of this feed necessarily. But I'm a, I'm a sports betting nut, sports nut, but also just I love. I, I don't have a gambling problem, and I I, I would never will. I never have. Just because it's just not in me, I'll go weeks without placing a bet. But I love, I love just the idea of the of the spread and and like kind of figuring all all that out. And they, so so right there, you're talking about this movie I loved, Sandler I love, and and a subject matter that's near and dear to my heart. Then you then you then on top of it, I'm a kid from New Jersey and and uh, who grew up on 660 WFAN and Mike Francesa's playing a bookie in this movie. It's like, did someone tap into? like out some algorithm in my brain and was like, okay, what would this person want to watch? He loves this movie by these up and coming directors, Sandler, blah, 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 topic, New York schoolers that has sports. It's like, it really like a computer could have shot, this, shot this out and said like, this is the perfect movie that's ever been made for you in terms of, uh, you know, going, going into it. So right off the bat, impossible expectations. I, I was I was ready. I was sat in my seat as uncomfortable as it was, and I but I and I was ready for um, the film to just wash over me, and and that it wasn't uh, necessarily a perfect film, which is again the bar I had set for this in my head. Impossible, impossible. Like this movie is clearly clearly one of the best movies of the year. It will make my top five, um, but. I, the expectations were just insane, and that's that's on me. And I I also can't wait to rewatch this at home, and on a, on a nice cozy couch, and uh, and and pick up some different things again, and and maybe maybe get lost easier in some of the elements that I think I took a little bit of time to get in into. So Sandler's character, obviously, he's. He's a, he's from uh he's a you know, he's a northeast guy he's he can do this accent and, but he's playing but he's wearing the teeth he's playing a very over the top character and I think and it's I hate to critique critique the Sandman in a movie that I mostly loved but I think this character took took me a minute to get in into uh, accepting and that's why I'd like to rewatch it again because I because by the end of it I accepted it so I I love to rewatch it accepting it from the whole the whole way through. You know, and see if seeing if that's possible because he does have this intense uh, New York accent that the beginning and 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 I think that in general the movie has a bit of a uh, which is why I again this goes plays back into the expectations. But what took a took a little longer for me to to really grab me, Uh, but once it grabbed me, it grabbed me completely, and I and I and I was into it. I loved it, but just right off the bat. You know, maybe maybe also it's because I haven't seen Sandler do one of these roles in a while. I mean, what's the last serious role that he's really done? I mean, he played that. Um, you know, Spanglish was like it was mostly serious. He did the Apatow movie, um, which again, you know, he's he's okay, he's good in that. It's not a great movie, but uh, and then you have um, the one uh, Rain o- Rain Over Me, Over Me, who uh, is that with Don Cheadle, I believe. Uh, which is too mushy and and too too overwrought. Uh, 
but he's fine in that. Uh, but you really, you really go back to it's, it's pretty much you go to uh, Punch Drunk Love and then this in terms of uh, roles that are fiercely um, dramatic performances. I, there's some levity in this. I, you know, you're, you're going to chuckle during this movie just uh, more, more from the scenarios than even the Sandman. Uh, just because of um, how how crazy they are, uh, and it it's it is just a, it it is a crazy, uh, a great crazy quest that he's sort of on. That, that's that's not even really a quest because every every part of it, like every part down the line, like he's he's created the the this the hurdle for himself. So it's like that's it's an interesting kind of study of of addiction. Um, in a lot of ways. The other characters in this movie, Lakeith Stanfield plays kind of the go-between, uh, or who becomes the go-between between him and Kevin Garnett. Uh, he's good in this. Again, you probably could, you, you could have used more of him. Uh, you could use more of Kevin Garnett, who's clearly a capable actor and can, can do, can handle a lot here. And, and they ask him to do a lot, uh, with not a ton of scenes, but, but, but in the scenes that he's in, very important. Uh, and then you have um, a lot of uh, faces. And this is one thing I wanted to get into. Just uh, uh, one of the other things that I should have. Uh, should have. Um, should have looked up beforehand. So you get Judd Hirsch. As the father-in-law. I'm trying to like. There was a, there was a couple cameo-ish. Uh, performances. Um. Oh, well, the fat Jew is in this movie. I didn't realize that. Who played helicopter driver? That guy, this is gonna drive me mad. He's not. He's not. What is his name? Eric Bogosian plays um, the brother-in-law, Lone Shark. Uh, see, they they cast a, a brilliant. Um, the the guys they cast as the. Wayne Diamond. All right, so apparently Wayne Diamond is a kind of a non another non actor. He looked so familiar, but now I'm reading this article that I pulled up. Um, I have to stop the tape for a second, and uh, I don't I don't think he's been in anything. Um, but the 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 casting of the of the of the people of the of the characters in this movie are just uh, just really great. Uh, just just the faces that they get to play a lot of these kind of like, like the, the tough guys um, who the uh, Eric Bogosian, uh, his, his kind of his strong man, his, his, uh, his muscle, uh, which I guess, I guess we'll go into a spoiler here, here. This is a bit of a critique and I want to rewatch it to, to see if it, if it pays off a little bit better. He, as these two guys who are the muscle and and they're in the they're in the film for for about the for, from the get go. They're Eric uh, Bogosian's uh, muscle. These two thugs, uh, both of whom I don't. They looked very familiar, but I I don't even know if any of them. Uh, one of the guys' name is Keith Williams Richard. I think that's the main guy, and he's the guy who. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. He, uh, yeah, Keith Williams Richard, which he's he's great, and he's got this face of a like a. a and apparently, look at this. He's not been in anything. 
He's only been he's been in two movies, but on IMDb, this guy's been in two movies, both in 2019. Looks like a guy who's who was in like a million 80s movies. Um, I, yeah, I'd love to re- I'd love to you know I'd love to go back and 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 figure out how they got this guy. Yeah, because he's he's got this face that like is 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 amazing, and uh, he's good in it. He's good in the role. But now, now come to think, we did seem a little raw. But I think that was the whole point. Anyway. The movie ends, the shocker of the movie, and this is, again, we're in spoiler territory, spoiler alert, is that this guy shoots Adam Sandler in the face and kills him kind of unceremoniously uh, right, right at the end, towards the end of the movie, probably five, five minutes to go before the, the credits roll. And if not, if that. And it's shocking... It's fitting. It's a fitting end. Is it? Is it, did did it earn it? Its ending is the question I would have for the film, and I don't know. And if and I think to be honest, as a if I'm just going to be you know a, a critic here, uh, I think that's a question you got to ask because I don't I I don't think it's certainly a fitting ending for the tragedy that, tragedy that is Howard's story here, but is it a fitting ending um, in terms of that character? I just mentioned uh, the, the the muscle just pulling a gun out and, and shooting him. Uh, ba- little ba- backtrack here since we aren't spoilers. He kills him because uh, Adam Sandler kind of locks them in a go between uh, in outside of his jewel shop. He can he has to buzz people in and out. And so there's like a little uh, front area bef- where outside of his store that he can kind of control the locks on on both the doors. So they're kind of stuck in this no man's land uh, for the entirety of a basketball game. So, so they're basically three hours of them sweating uh, in this, that and Sandler's waiting for the game to, to, to be over done with the seat. Cause basically his, he knows his life's over. If this crazy bet that he places at the end of the movie uh, hits or doesn't hit. So there's that, the, the bet hits though. And then, so the bet hit, that's, that's the whole, that's the catch there. The bet, the bet hits. And then, but then the guy comes out immediately, just kind of puts a bullet in his brain. And eventually after a bit of struggle, uh, also shoots the brother-in-law who apparently he was working for. Uh, that whole dynamic is, and I, I have no idea if this is purposeful or if, if, if it was choices in editing. I think that dynamic could have been um, flushed out more and it, with, with some scene, you know, maybe some scene. And I hate to do I hate to be the, uh, like, uh, this is, it's never good to just be like they should have done. They should have filmed this and that, but maybe a little more on the back story there. I could, I would have appreciated in terms of that the actual the strong man's connection to, to that guy as a loan shark is this were they were they, were they wild like they clearly were, were were crazy and they clearly hated uh, Howard Sandler's character because one of you know Sandler bites them so there's they 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 set it up a little bit, but in just in terms of the separation between the brother-in-law character and those two guys it, it it's it's there at the beginning cuz he clearly, clearly wants them to feel separate from him but then they're sort of inter- more intertwined as the movie goes on and then so so the idea that they that he would just act on his, on his own there and kill Sandler and then kill him I mean Sandler's brother-in-law Bog, the Bogdanian character Bogosian Bogosian character uh felt a little half-baked uh to honestly um and I, I wasn't when when the bet hit, I was sort of like, huh. 
you know, uh, is this they're gonna is this gonna be and is this gonna be like a happy ending for because it was an un, it'd be an undeserved happy ending as well in terms of just how the movie played out, but all, also that could have been interesting as well in 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 that sometimes you know there's there's magic in the world and 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 uh, I mean Sandler was not on the path of getting better or, or any sort of redemption. So I mean the, the fact that he even placed that final bet was the was the kicker already that he he was so deep into this. You know, it it becomes about the bet really at some point. You know, when you talk about sports gambling, it doesn't. It's not about winning and losing. It's about it's about making the bet and having the action. Uh, so, you know, there's there's that. I just felt like, you know, I'm being I'm being honest here. The movie maybe could have needed could have used a little bit uh more length. You know, we're talking about length, talking about runtime. I could have sat in that uncomfortable seat for another twenty minutes. I don't know. Who the hell am I sitting here in, in South Jersey uh, looking at my window at the gray sky and contemplating all of this? I don't know. A couple other odds it, odds and sods, odds and ends, odds and sods, the the Who album. Um, 2012, appreciated the uh, iPhone technology. Uh, they, they made a point to showing you um, what that looked like. From a design standpoint, they're you know using the whatever iPhone that would have been, uh, with the more bubbly looking text bubbles, etc. Uh, so they got they got all that right. Uh, this is just I'm just gonna go off the cuff. I have nothing written down. Um, really enjoyed the daughter's play scene. Thought that was really well shot, and uh, the the month the his, especially when Sandler finally gets back to his seat and he's wearing the sweatpants. And uh, he sees his daughter act, and she's got this like they they do like a very kind of clever for 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 a high school play production where she's I don't I don't know what play that was that they were doing. That's probably I'm sure that has some significance, and especially I know it has significance because she's shooting money out of her mouth, uh, like coins in the in the in the production. I'd like to look up what it's probably some well known play that I'm too dumb to know what it, what it is that the uh, theater that the high school theater production was doing. Last but not least, this is a this is a commentary, a quip, a qualm. I I looked it up. I actually looked it up uh, last night before I went to bed. I they go to Mohegan Sun to place this big final bet, mostly because uh, the brother-in-law has um, cut off his reliance on the Mike Francesa bookie character, uh, which is another good earlier in the film when, when when he places this bet, the bet wins. He finds out later that the brother-in-law had the bet canceled because it was his money and. It's his whole. That's that's kind of like uh, the addiction of sports gambling in a nutshell. Like he didn't even he didn't even go to collect the money. He hadn't even gone to collect the money. He didn't know that the bet had been canceled. And this is going on like twenty four hours after the fact. For Sandler, like that, that that was a good example of like what what gambling addiction is. Like Sandler couldn't care less about the money. Really, he's it's a, it was about just the juice of feeling feeling the the bet hit or not hit. And but the Mohegan Sun bet, Mohegan Sun. I don't even think to this day has a sports book. If this is the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, I know there's, uh, which I, I assume is the one 2012, right? So I don't think they have, I mean, they might have one now just because they have, um, uh, this, there's online gambling and since the legalization of gambling, um, yeah, Pocono. I think because Phil because Pennsylvania has the online ga- has has gambling sports legal sports gambling. This is just recently. This is just a, within the last year and a half. Uh, but in 2012, 
Um, you know, I so Connecticut. I'm, I'm gonna look this up because this is just. I mean, again, it's it's it doesn't matter. Um, but I'm almost positive that in 2012, uh, yeah, no, in 2017 they did pass a Connecticut gaming package. Uh, pen, yeah. So, the, 2012. There's no way that there there were that 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 casino. If that's the one that they're referring to, that you took a helicopter to, which I'm assuming has to be where she went. Uh, there's no way that they had a sports book in house back in 2012. She would have had to fly to Vegas, which which was I mean she didn't do that. So uh and even just to fly to Mohegan Sun on a helicopter ride. Like oh I guess that would be like an hour maybe 45 minutes. I'm sure that's probably fine. But that's it, 2012 that was not the case. So that's a bit of a stretch there and a little fiction. Um and I was trying to think of ways they could have gone and made it more realistic to to what you know the world was like then uh in terms of having to play sports bets and with that with that amount of money that amount of cash and i don't don't know the answer to it all right uh i'll wrap things up here 9.199 so uh, a a solid 9 solid 9 i don't think this is an all-time classic film but to me it was highly enjoyable and it's a, it's a it's a ma- it's a major recommendation it's going to be it's going to be a tricky one for me to do a written review now I think that's why writing them before before I do this is probably be better, but maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll it'll um, be beneficial in some way to that. And that's at IMDb. Uh, username Ernest saves Xmas. Look me up, folks. I'm gonna do one more movie review today, so you got one more from me coming later. Uh, this was the one I wanted to get to first because the other the other ones uh, just too ra- too random documentaries that i watched recently one on hulu and one on netflix uh and that, those were uh, hail satan question mark and the bikram guru predator yogi something uh the, that's on that's on netflix uh, the one about the guy who the yoga guy all right uh so I, I watched both of those so i will do a pretty short review for both of them Coming up next, I do hope you like this. This one, uh, this was uh, again probably my most anticipated movie to watch in a while, and I th- and I am going to go see Parasite this this uh, this week in the theater. I am gonna I am gonna get out to see Parasite. Is uh, in my white whale? Not really. And then, and then what I have to watch, and I'm going to plan on watching um, here on on demand is uh, Midsummer. And those, and then then after that, uh, those two, I'm gonna I think I'll be able to have enough to put a top ten list together. And and I still haven't seen everything. So it'll my top ten list for the twenty nineteen uh movies will be uh subject to change. Okay. That's it for the show. My name is Jeff. My space the podcast at gmail.com is my email address for the show. If you want to reach out to me, send me some letters. I, I, I do indeed love to hear from you. Uh, I, and I do, do appreciate you. Uh, do a lot. Uh, you, 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 uh, listening to, to everything that you got to say here. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I'm, I'm saying goodbye. The podcast is over. Go in peace.